0: Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. This show is hosted by myself, Bob Subahar, and my great co host, Dina Griffin. We are both registered dietitians who are board certified specialists in sport dietetics with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We are here to translate nutrition and sports science research to real life and give you some awesome interviews with a variety of experts so you can enhance your knowledge to optimize your health, fitness, and athletic performance. In today's episode, number 109, Dina and I are sitting down and we're just sharing our perspectives on weight loss. It is almost going to be that time of the new year where a lot of New Year's resolutions Kind of center on weight loss and body composition changes, and Dina and I just wanted to sit down and just share, like I said, some perspectives. We're not; it's not the how to. It's just really some perspectives that you can use if this is one of your goals for the new year. Really going to be a great episode for you because we're just sharing some thoughts, um, some perspectives, just really for you to gain some good knowledge on the baseline or the foundational before trying to make a change. And that's what's pretty important for us to be able to convey. Now, before we do get to the show though, we would absolutely love your support in helping us grow our podcast. So if you could tell your friends, your family members, spread the word, Uh, and also go to your favorite podcast platform of choice, And we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating, give us a review. It just really helps us. And lastly, if you would like to support our podcast a little bit to help us keep our podcast going in the new year, head on over to our website, insidesportsnutrition.com. You can actually make a donation to the podcast if you would like there. And like I said, all donations do go to our business expenses of keeping the podcast going. So we certainly appreciate everything that you do and you're here with us and you keep listening. So 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 appreciate that. Let's get on to the episode. Nina, I have a story to share. Story time. Story time listeners. Early in my nutrition career as a registered dietitian, I worked for a company that actually had a device that measured resting metabolic rate. And my job, one of my jobs was to look at the food database and the exercise database and try to correlate those numbers with the number that we were measuring with this device that gave us resting metabolic rate. Now, as a just preliminary resting metabolic rate provides the amount of calories that your body needs to survive uh every day without exercise, without eating, just laying in bed every day, right? So it's kind of your like your baseline <clears throat> metabolic rate, obviously. Now, the reason I share this story is because when I was at this position, which was a really long time ago, it was all about the calorie balance equation. So what goes in versus what's what goes out, right? Energy balance equation, calorie balance equation, whatever you want to call it. And one of my jobs D was to try to match and, and really provide the research on what goes in is actually what is going in and what is going out via exercise and lifestyle activity. Calories burn basically was actually going out. And I looked at so much research and so many tables and so much, just so much data. And you know what I came up with, which was difficult in my position there, but I came up with this isn't a hundred percent accurate. And it drove me crazy because that's what we learned in school, right? Energy balance equation. What goes in, what goes out? 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. So if you just decrease your calories by 500 calories a day, you will lose a pound of fat a day. Or a week, right? And I was like, oh my God, is that not right? And so I was at this crossroads early in my career, like, wait a second, these numbers aren't matching up. And it kind of relates to what we're talking about today and really looking at weight loss and maybe looking at weight loss through a different lens and maybe, you know, introducing some different ways to approach weight loss other than just trying to use this energy balance equation, which... Again, this is why I shared my story, which I found was was somewhat inaccurate, right? So I don't know, listeners, we just kind of want to have a little bit of a discussion today on what you can do to succeed with weight loss that may be a little different than what you were doing in the past. How about that, Dee?
1: Wowza, Bob! Yeah, I was just reflecting on those things that I learned in school way back when, and then yeah, yeah doing that same testing early on in my dietitian career. Yes. Like you just measure your metabolic rate and do the math, and then you you just go like you the the client or the athlete you just go and and count and factor in your burn, you know, your mm-hmm. energy burn, calorie burn, and bam, simple. Yeah.
0: Well, and it was, well, even you look at things like today, like we've got all this energy expenditure measurement devices, right? Be it heart rate, be it, you know, our, our loop straps, our aura rings, like whatever. And they provide daily calorie burn. And my question that, because literally I looked at all of this data early on in my career, I'm like, yeah, but that's what I always finish with. Yeah. Did I burn 3000 calories today? Mm, Not quite sure. (laughs) but even with our resting metabolic rate i mean that can be different obviously based yeah. on conditions and you know everything else so i don't know i think it's i think a lot of people um you know that approach weight loss and and certainly we're not you know picking apart weight loss or if it's good or it's bad what we're trying to do is we're giving you really maybe a, a fresh set of of eyes to to really look at your weight loss for body composition journey in in helping you succeed right so where should we start with this one D?
1: I know, Bob. Well, I feel funny. Just I mean, I I want to acknowledge like energy balance is still a thing. It's still legit, right? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean,
0: in and out is still legit, yeah. It's
1: still legit so that we're not discounting that. It's still legit. However, people many people who do count calories, put in their their exercise energy expenditure and so forth. Can and do lose body mass, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that some of that, Bob, is this other important piece, like human awareness of what we are actually deciding to do. As we level up our awareness factor and our attention factor, suddenly we're like, oh wow, actually I typically speed through this part of my day and I had no idea what I was really consuming you know and it's like this pause in this behavior intervention to like well let's just actually increase our mindfulness and awareness and and take a minute or or six to see what's going into the body and just from that set of steps we learn so much more about our eating patterns, and then how that can affect the energy balance equation.
0: Yeah. And I think really quick before I dive into this and follow up with what you're saying, I do want to acknowledge that, yeah, people who do track their calories, track their macros, track their expenditure, sometimes they do have good experiences with, with body mass changes, but I've also worked with athletes who've had the exact opposite. So let's just throw that out there. Like yeah. I just don't want our listeners to say oh that's that's how i have to you know change my body right you don't yeah. because People are still unsuccessful doing that. Also, so now I think this is what what is interesting. D is like do like I always talk to athletes about this, and you know this because we've known each other for years. When an athlete comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to lose weight. I want to lose body fat. Whatever it is," I always ask the question, "Why?" Um, because I want to know, like, what what is what is the behind the the scenes? Like, what what is what is motivating you to do this? Is it health? Is it performance? Is it aesthetics? Is it a mixture? But you know true to my nature, I always kind of bring it back and ask questions first. So I ask about how their sleep is, um, how their their health markers are, because there are some, some health related markers that, uh, associated with body mass and uh, body composition. I ask about performance and recovery. So I think there are a lot of maybe qualitative things, and, and maybe a few quantitative, that we should also Focus in on the discussion and include instead of just like a number on the scale or a number on the whatever, you know, sheet that you're going to get from body composition testing or whatever. I think there's a lot of other things that need to be part of the conversation.
1: Yeah, that is a really good point, Bob, is like digging deeper into the why and the expectations. You know, a lot of times um, it reveals other things along the way that actually we need to address. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. about body composition it was about how we're actually feeling inside our bodies which can open up a whole other thing but um is is really diving into that why and what is it you truly want to experience what are your complaints and and continuing to ask why behind that delving in further and further to to better understand the expectations and goals and what it is we're looking to achieve.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, D also is, you know, I'll bring a personal example into this, you know, in terms of like measuring body weight. And I'm going to talk about N of one, you know, Bob Sibahar here is uh, I honestly, I can't remember if you were to ask me when's the last time you weighed yourself. It probably was sometime in the summer when I was doing sweat rate testing, because that is literally the only time I step on a scale is to help me configure my fluid balance, my hydration needs, because here's the thing, at least with me and and what I try to teach my athletes too, is like that number on the scale really doesn't mean much, right? It's not measuring everything that you think it's measuring. And in fact, it could it it could be detrimental because it what i find is it usually affects self confidence self esteem um if it's going one way or the other so like with me personally i i don't really weigh myself but here's what i've noticed as i've gone through a few uh you know decades of aging is what i'm noticing is different composition of my or different composition of my body in different places that I haven't noticed before. Right. And that's what we see with a lot of our aging athletes also in master's athletes is like, Hey, things are changing. And, you know, I try, I honestly try to talk my athletes off the ledge in terms of using the scale. Uh, I think body composition may be better if you're actually going to do a measurement. um, But you have to measure that appropriately, of course, but, but here's the thing with body composition, you don't need to have it measured D like if, if you ask me, Hey, When's the last time you had your body count measured, body fat measured? I can't even tell you when. I don't like, I don't know, but I can look down and be like, oh, yeah, guess what's happening as I age, Dina? I'm gaining body, like my composition of fat and muscle is changing. And does that bother me? Heck yeah, it bothers me, it bothers everybody, right? But I think what we're trying to do here is this new approach to body. Uh, call it, call it wherever you want. Recomposition, body awareness, body comforts, whatever. Like I personally try to be more comfortable in my body, not giving the excuse of, Oh, you know, I'm aging, you know, but giving, giving the opportunity to say, Hey, I'm aging. Therefore, what do I need to do differently? Because biology is actually changing. And I need to make some changes because of biology is changing. And we know through the aging continuum that we do need to make dietary changes, exercise changes, um, sleep changes, stress changes, because we need to adapt to our new body. Like I I talk to youth athletes about this all the time. Like, hey, your body is developing. It's like you're getting a new car, you know, every year. It's kind of like that once we hit, I feel like once we hit our fourth or fifth decade, right? We're like, oh, we're getting a new car. We need to learn how to drive it. That's our body. We need to learn our new body and not... Here's, here's my thing. Uh, um, I am comfortable in making these changes. And I think that's what a lot of our listeners, oh, that's where they're at too. They're like, yeah, I want to make changes. What do I do? Well, I think what we're saying is maybe with your approach, your approach has to be a little bit different, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I feel, Bob, there is that fine line because you know how you are commenting. like. Observing changes happening in your body as you age, maybe not being comfortable with it, yet knowing or learning to accept that this is a part of the aging process Mm -hmm. and yet then acknowledge that we can change various strategies to impact how body does change or continues to not change or change. (laughs) All that just to say like, sometimes we may not feel extremely happy or content with the changes that we may see, yet accepting or being neutral about the change instead of trying to be in like a fight mode all the time Mm. with your own self.
0: Well, because that's just going to work against you, right? I mean, we know Mm. that's going to increase just physiologically. It's going to increase stress hormones, which is going to really be a little bit deleterious to your, any body recomposition goals. Right. So no, I I agree with that. I mean, even like in my example, even though I want to do something about it, like, what am I doing about it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm my, my priority in lifting weights is a lot higher priority than it was in my youth, right? Because I am seeing these changes in sarcopenia. And I'm like, well, what what could I do about this? Like with me, what works really well is, hey, you know what, I start lifting a little bit more. And, you know, maybe it's not about the body composition, or let's just, let's just say it how it is. Maybe it's not just about increasing fat and maybe I'm not concerned with that. Maybe I'm more concerned about, you know, building muscle and adding muscle to my frame, because listen, we need fat on our body, right? It's not like, mm-hmm. like, we don't want to be like the teen, you know, 20 year old who's like, Oh, I've got, I'm so ripped and I'm so this and that. And like, I think we just have to have a different comfort level, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like what you just
1: said and a good reminder for all that fat on our bodies is essential for a number Mm -hmm. of reasons. The other thing here, as you're mentioning the aging piece, Bob, is even for women going through perimenopause into postmenopause or maybe even in a postpartum phase, like the body changes, right? And there's like, the acknowledgement of that piece, the acceptance of that piece, the nor- normalizing of that these days. And then have having that decision point and maybe some assessments, right? What am I doing to potentially influence these changes positively to support my health and this longevity piece, let alone, you know, the the kind of athlete that we are.
0: I, I think of two things, D. I think one, as you were mentioning longevity, because I've done so much work in that. And, and it's so important to me, obviously, as I'm getting older, too. But I think what's more important to me, my body changing aesthetically, or my longevity? And, and you, you kind of like at a certain point in life, you kind of get to that point. You're like, oh, that's kind of a deep thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want to promote more optimal longevity and like help, like really kind of getting better health markers throughout our longevity process, especially once we hit our fourth and fifth decade and beyond, you know, I just feel like, what if we didn't know our body weight? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be, that's a profound thought. If you really think about it, like if the body scale or if the weight scale never was invented, what, how would we approach looking at our bodies? Yeah. It's
1: powerful thought. It actually,
0: is. It is. Like listeners think about, like, I don't, I mean, I don't weigh myself that often, right? I told you just for fluid balance testing, sweat rate testing, but I just wonder listeners, ask yourself that question and, and ask, like, is that, how important is that in your life? Like, what would you do without knowing your body weight? If you never knew it before, ever, what would you do? Like, would weight loss or changing your body or recomposition or whatever, would that still be a goal? I, I don't know. I can't answer that. But what do you think about that, Dee?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I love the thought because it it's trying to like recenter on what is important to you. I feel like our diet culture and society has... Of course, this is obvious, but like perpetuated what our physical appearance is. So it's mm, almost hard yes. to imagine that not being the case, but in our dream scenario here, not having maybe body weight scales and a cover of magazines to make us feel like we're not perfect or enough. It would be pretty incredible and powerful to just like live in our own bodies, but then centering on, oh, Wow. Today I have amazing energy and I'm very focused, yes. like all of these other things that our bodies offer and our, our brains and so forth. So it's it's kind of removing that focus from the external to the internal and what we can give out to the world.
0: Yeah. And I'm not going to discount, listen, changing your body for health reasons I'm not going to discount that at all. Cause that is probably the highest priority for making changes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hands down. I mean, call it whatever you want from, uh, blood work from hormones, cognitive functioning. We, we know that body composition, recomposition, weight changes, whatever we're really calling it. We know those will have a positive impact most of the time, on health markers, right? Most of the time. And that's, I'm all for like, I'm all for helping people get more healthy, improve, increase their longevity. Absolute, You know, adding, adding life to their years. You know what I mean? I'm all for that, but I don't know. Sometimes if an athlete says, Hey, I want to lose a pound for my, before my race, I'm like, well, you know, go to the bathroom right? Oh <laughs> I mean, but, but no, I think it's important to know that about four or five pounds is going to be due to water glycogen, how much carbohydrates you're eating bowel movements, urination, I mean, sweat. So there's like that first four to five pounds that it's, it's just normal physiology, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just, that's, that's already taken place. So Again, I always try to, try to try to put that into the conversation when athletes are talking about weight loss specifically, but no, I love the idea for improving health markers.
1: Bob, I was also just thinking when you're commenting about body weight and like go to the bathroom, lose a pound, just how much weight or our body mass is influenced aside from what we eat or how much we eat, we mm-hmm. have other inputs. So this is where I think I mean, maybe it's debatable or controversial, I should say, like it is just the energy balance equation that affects body mass or loss of body mass. But, you know, just more and more that we see uh, influence of stress, like you were commenting, the gut microbiome, right, Mm -hmm. dysregulated systems in the body that can affect body weight regulation, so this is where like okay body uh, the energy balance equation still still a thing not not ignoring it not saying it's wrong but the fact that our bodies are very complex and there are a lot of systems to pay attention to that affect the physical shape and size of our
0: bodies. Yeah. And I think definitely to put it up there with, you know, I I don't, I don't believe changing your body is all about just changing your nutrition and exercise. And that's exactly what you're saying, because I think we also need to add to that list exactly what you just said. So I'm kind of summarizing, like Mm -hmm. when we're trying to change our body, yes, we need to look at nutrition. We need to look at exercise. We also need to look at lifestyle activity, which is non-exercise, right? But we also do need to identify stress as a big one. Like people discount that. And here's the thing, like when people want to change their bodies, they're actually in a heightened stress Situation, right? So That's they're already true. kind of working against themselves. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then, yeah, just to reiterate, the gut microbiome—like you've got to get your gut healthy first. There's so much interaction and data on that with with changing your body and your weight mm-hmm. and composition, um, but also sleep. I just want to mention that one. So, you know, when you're trying to approach changing your body for whatever reason, there are at least <clears throat> at least Five or six or seven different markers you need to look at. <clears throat> and please don't discount sleep because there is so much research out there to support that and what happens during sleep. But even if you just don't get enough sleep, I mean, from a basic sense, if you're not sleeping as many hours, that means you have more hours awake. If you have more hours awake, that means that your body biologically is going to be more hungry. So, in research, proves that people that get less sleep actually eat more during the day. So I think we need to, you know, keep that in mind at the same time.
1: Bob, I have a little bit of a shall I say woo-woo here. Woo-woo. Remember when we had uh Celine Yeager on and we asked uh in our high five question one piece of advice for all athletes. She said something to the effect of live forward.
0: Mm, yes.
1: So this is just again another way to just think about our bodies like if we're dwelling a lot on what we looked like when we were, you know, 20 years old or 30 years old, or will you name the age, we're not living in our present and we're not mm-hmm. really setting ourselves up for our future. So, you know, I think taking that mantra that Celine so graciously offered us here and just trying to think what are the things that I want for the rest of my life and thinking forward and thinking of these strategies and and aspects of our bodies that we can fine tune and manipulate to support what's going forward, instead of trying to be what we were, which really is impossible. I would argue.
0: Yeah, I don't even think you have to argue that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I remember when I first started out as a sport dietitian, how many athletes came in and said, "Hey, I just want to, I want to look like I did when I was in college." I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if that's mm, possible, yeah. right?" <laughs> But yeah. also, I mean, so yeah, I don't think you need to argue that because that's that's, I think a mantra that we should all adopt, no matter what our goals are, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter if it's weight related. I think that we do have to have to kind of live, you know, live in the moment, but live for the future too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, we always bring this up because this is what we do in practice D, But I feel like our listeners really need to just remember to emphasize the whole behavior change uh, nature of changing your body, whether it's nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, whatever it is, like, please remember that every single one of those is a behavior change. And there are certain stages that you will go through um, successfully and sometimes unsuccessfully um, to make that behavior finally stick. And I just want to bring that up because it's not as easy as saying, you know, oh, I'm just going to eat more protein tomorrow. Well, you know, sometimes yeah, sometimes you can, right? But it's hard to do that every single day unless you're in that readiness to change or that stage that will actually support that. So I just I wanted to make sure that we do kind of throw in that behavior uh modification behavior strategy or message in there. Such a critical piece. So, I don't know, what do you what do you think? I mean, when it comes, we're again maybe to reiterate, we're definitely not discounting the goal of changing your body, right? Because we all have different reasons for it. Um, I would always highlight the health reasons first and foremost, because you know, hopefully, most of us do want to be on this on this earth as long as as possible in in great health and not in poor health. So I think that's one of my big kind of takeaway messages to this.
1: Yeah, and I think just highlighting you know these evolving ways that we do take care of our bodies whether that is manipulating composition or just honoring what it needs to be healthy for the long term, the long game um, but that like the energy balance equation is one of you know a hundred pieces here when we're talking about weight manipulation or body composition.
0: yeah the body is definitely a puzzle, right whether it's a hundred pieces a thousand pieces whatever but it we know our body is a puzzle and we have to, one, we have to locate those pieces first, and then we have to figure out how they fit together in, and, you know, correctly, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. Sometimes like a piece is hiding somewhere or it's left in the box and you forget about it for a while. And I feel like that's sometimes like sleep and stress, right? I think yeah. the obvious ones are change in nutrition and exercise, where I just think a lot of people just discount the other, the, the ancillary things that are just important because you need all the pieces of the puzzle to put the puzzle together, right? And that's just right. like the body. Yeah. Exactly. I think listeners, what we wanted to do with this episode was really kind of expound on there are many different layers of changing your body. Obviously, we all have different reasons for it, but hopefully we've identified or helped you identify or maybe even just helped you remember some of the the components that go into this that are outside of of nutrition or food and exercise only because we do we do see that um obviously changing the body is a much more complex uh strategy that requires everything from the mind to the guts to exercise to sleep i mean it's it's the whole plethora of things and that's why you know i think i've seen most athletes who are uber successful with this dina actually kind of look at it holistically and and from as many factors as they can put into their equation that's what's helping them really improve their weight loss or body composition, recomposition, call it whatever you want Journey mm-hmm. A
1: final thought from me which is not something that I didn't already say here's just like what is it we're looking to feel in our bodies is super important. So if you didn't know that number, what, what your body mass or composition is or was, then just coming back to the things that you want to feel and and accomplish, because we likely can accomplish quite a lot with without a specific number on the scale being met.
0: That's very true, you know. And I think listeners, you're gonna some of you are gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed right now." And some of you are gonna be a little bit confused, maybe, mm-hmm. because maybe you haven't heard of some of these these angles, right, to changing yeah. the body. And we, we love that because that's why we're trying to bring you this information. But regardless of what you gain from this episode, we would love to hear your comments and your questions. So this uh, please just you know we we love to open up our email. so email us hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. We love your questions because this is really what allows us to have these conversations and you know look into the research on certain topics like this and we just you know appreciate this so much and we appreciate you and you know as you're going on your journey to becoming a healthier you, just remember there are many different biological components that are part of this process. Dina you want to finish this up or are we good?
1: Yeah. So thank you listeners for tuning in with us for this episode. We greatly appreciate you and we will catch you on
0: the next episode. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 109 where Dina and I shared some of our perspectives and insights on weight loss. Stay tuned for next week's episode. First one of 2024. We are so excited to bring in a extremely special guest, and we are talking about one of our most favorite topics ever, and that is protein. Yes, you will not want to miss this. Dina and I interview one of the most well-known protein researchers on this planet, and we're going to roll up our sleeves And we're going to get down into the nitty-gritty, and we're going to talk all things protein-related. We are so, so, so excited about that. Now, if you do have a sport nutrition question for us, or if you would like us to possibly even turn that into a future Q&A and Ask Us Anything episode, please just email us your question or questions. Our email address is hello at insidesportsnutrition.com and we would absolutely love to engage with you. Now, if you wouldn't mind also helping us promote our podcast, if you can head on over to your podcast platform of choice, give us a five-star rating, submit a review, that really helps us grow our membership and just more people in your circle who will be more knowledgeable. Now, if you would like to support our podcast, we would certainly appreciate that. You can obviously give us that review and the five-star rating. You can also head on over to our website, insidesportsnutrition.com, where you can find all of our show notes, all of our partners, and there's also a donate button. If you'd like to help us support what we're doing in 2024 and Help us just continue with the great content. You can go ahead and make a donation. We would absolutely appreciate that if you would like to do that. Now, if you would like some more information about what Dina and I do in our respective businesses, head on over to nutritionmechanic.com for Dina's nutrition and testing services, and head on over to energyperformance.com. That's E N R G performance.com to see what I'm up to with nutrition coaching physiological testing and endurance coaching we certainly appreciate it the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor the information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose treat cure prevent any disease or medical condition this podcast is for information education and entertainment purposes only